You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Gobbler Country's Talk of Turkey. I'm here with my regular co-host, who's got on his screen in front of me, Brad Corny. Why he wants to, why Brian wants to be Brad Cornelson for an evening, I don't know. But he's got it up there. Hey, how you doing, Brian? I'm ready to talk about this team. All right. And joining us this evening for a call is our old pal and fellow writer at the prior iteration of Gobbler Country, Jahar Ali. Hey, Jahar, how you doing? Doing fantastic, guys. I'm just going to ignore everything that's going on with the program. Say the Hokies won yesterday, kind of like Justin Fuentes ignoring all the problems with the Hokies program and saying that he's not thinking about taking over play calling. So just going to take that avenue of approach today. Just sheer ignorance. I like it. Yeah. Hey, well, well, you know, if you want to deny reality, you can just deny reality all you want. There's no point going over the finer tuning of the game. We'll start with Jahar. Just give us a quick, like, three-point, you know, don't go too deep because everybody doesn't need that kind of agony. Three-point observation from you. Well, you could start with just incompetence. That team did not look like they were playing football. The Hokies have been looking like they've been playing a different sport for the past few weeks. Then football, and like you, you turn on any other college game, and it's just different. I don't know. And then it's just watching the same dud of an offense be bad for drive after drive. Every yard is just such a struggle, and it's college football. Yards are meant to be had. And then you could go to indifference, where it looks like they're not trying to actually get better. They put on their hard hat as a proverbial hard hat, and it just they're doing the same thing over and over again, and it's just not working. I'm not sure a third point would sum up both of those points better, but those are two big ones. And this program right now just reeks of incompetence and indifference, and it's just bad. Well, that's something to consider. Brian? I love that Jahar talked about the um, hard hat. Isn't that the mentality here? I mean, that's the mantra that they've built themselves off of, and we don't see it. We haven't seen it in, in five years, to be honest. I mean, the old Virginia Tech team, it truly was was the hard hat mentality, but but this team, I, I just don't see it. And I'm writing a story today where, where I'm not going to say too much about it because I got to go through it one more time. But I discuss how this team, they always say that a coach, that a team takes on the personality of his coach. And when you see how the Hokies played yesterday, how they played numerous times in the last five years, I think that's an apt statement. Uh, lifeless, unprepared. There's several adjectives we could use, but I won't get too deep into it. But no, yesterday, uh, the points, I think he nailed it with his points. I mean, there's not really more I can expand upon. I watched Pitt before this, and we talked about in the preview last week. There was no way Pitt was scoring 47 points against the Hokies, no matter how bad the Hokies' defense is. The Pitt wasn't scoring 47 points. And then before the game, they were out 16 players, including several players on offense, including their top receiver. And Kenny Pickett throws for 400 yards. Kenny Pickett against this team. I can understand us struggling a bit against their defense. That was understandable, but the offense, again, doesn't help the quarterback out. It's it's the same five plays. Anyhow, John, what's your take? 
Okay, everybody, I mean, because I ran the Twitter yesterday, so you could see my Twitter feed. You picked it up near the end of the game, but one, the team was nowhere near, the defense was nowhere near ready to play football. Hewitt was in and out. I'm sure the injury hasn't helped. It's not for lack of trying on the players' parts. They really, they're not bad football players, okay? They are really good football players. This is not, to me, this is not a player thing. This is a coaching and preparation thing. Not not to interrupt you, John. I mean, I I agree with you. I think we've got some good players, but I wonder if we've overrated how good some of these guys are. Like when I see some of these guys, when I see Darisaw, we know Darisaw is really good. I think Herbert's really good. But there's a guy like a guy like Trey Turner, who we saw as a freshman a couple years ago. I thought this guy's gonna be a star and a future high pick. And while he's shown moments of greatness here in the last couple of years at times, I feel he's regressed badly the last two years. And I think that's brought. mostly scheme. And what I want to do is about scheme is the offense and defense. On the defense and offense in both cases, and Jahar, I don't know if you've seen it, you're another play guy like I am. If you haven't noticed They've abandoned the middle of the field. They've abandoned the field side, and they've abandoned underneath the zone. That plus one to plus 12-yard zone, Pickett was killing us, and the defense wasn't covering anything in there. And then on the flip side, the offense had nothing in there so that even Hooker couldn't. There was like two or three attempts at a short slant, and they worked. But, you know, the scheme just doesn't make any sense. It's like you don't send one guy deep or two guys deep and then the rest of the receivers behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know where that comes from, but it's constant. And this abandonment of under the zone on both sides of the football is what's killed us. I wouldn't say that we've abandoned that intermediate passing game. We hit, there's a third down and five. We hit underneath crosser for a drag. On a drag oh, it was a nice drag, that was, but, but that wasn't the regular. What my point is, is that we should be living there. This team needs to live there, not visit it every once in a while. It needs to, it needs to spread it out on the line of scrimmage. It needs to develop a three-second intermediate route game where Hooker can step back, slide to the right or slide to the left to be able to get throwing lanes, and the ball's out at three Mississippis to over with. And we don't have anything approaching that. The offense is predicated on basically the quarterback run game at this point, right? That's their best source of offense. And even though it's running into a brick wall on third and ones constantly, it is what it is. But the problem is when you start attacking the middle of the field with receivers, that means Pitt's going to flood those middle of the field zones with extra players in the box. And that takes away from your quarterback run game. And the whole reason they run quarterback run is so they have plus one defenders to counter the plus one in the box the defense can bring. So that's why we're seeing so many bad fade balls. There's no scheme on their downfield pass. Jahar, you've just nailed it. And my point behind that is that offense does not work. You have to have way bigger, way stronger. You've got to have huge guys that are even bigger than our much improved offensive line. You have to have a power back and you have to have Paxton Lynch as quarterback in order to pull that off. And God love him. Hendon Hooker is wonderful and he's got some legs, everything else, but he's beat up. If you hadn't noticed that shoulder brace was coming apart on his left shoulder, that shoulder has been a problem. You know, I don't know if he's gotten it fixed or not. So bashing Hendon Hooker on quarterback powers or quarterback draws up the middle is not an offense that's going to work. 
Okay, I agree. And, and this goes back to the point he was making before where we're going to blame Cornelison, but we go back to what, what he said before we started the podcast. Yesterday, Mike Barber of the Richmond Times-Dispatch asked Quinte would he consider possibly taking over play calling. What was his response? Yeah, it was. he blew us off. He blew that. I believe the words Barber. were ludicrous crap. Or, yeah. I mean, yeah. words that we can't probably say on here. Yeah, you, you summed it up, and that's telling right there. He knows what's going on. He knows that this ain't working. Everyone can see it. I'm sure when he's breaking down film, because we know Corny can't break down film, but I'm sure when Fuente's breaking down film, he sees it. So the reporter asked a legitimate question that deserved a legitimate answer, not a not firing back at the reporter's yeah. intelligence. Yeah, and we're going to leave that right now with that and go to our commercial break, but that's where we're at right now. That's the net effect of the game of the carping. And then next segment, we'll kind of talk about maybe some of the things that could potentially be done to improve the situation, what the situation is. We'll be back after this. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're still talking about this. And during the commercial break, Jahar brought up a really good point. Jahar, we were talking about play calling and how it really needs to be adjusted, but you brought up the fact that it doesn't look like that's going to be possible with this staff. Give us your skinny on that, please. Yeah, so when Fonte was in Memphis and designing this offense that averaged 39 points a game, most of his throws are what we're seeing now, just underneath crossers, fade balls. There's like no real creativity to how we're scheming up downfield concepts. You know, I mean, the most common thing we saw was like Y cross, which is just an air raid staple, but it's a one read throw. If it's not open, there's nothing really else there by the way Fuente is designing plays currently. And this thing didn't change at Memphis. So over the past four years, he's had time to implement changes, adjustments, and that's, you know, the sign of a good coaching staff. So the question has to be asked, why is the offensive staff still employed? What Babcock should probably just sit them down and say, tell me why you should be my head coach, OC, QB coach. Fans Vice has done a good job, so maybe not offensive line, but why should you be my coach next year? And frankly, what does this team do well offensively, you know? They have decent run schemes for the quarterback. I, I'm, I know the quarterback runs haven't been so successful, but they have a very diverse quarterback run game. But the problem is there's no variety. They don't really mix it up with it. So, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Okay, we are on the three-yard line. It's first down on the three-yard line. We run a quarterback power. We run a quarterback power. We run a quarterback power. And then on fourth down, we run a quarterback draw. We beat the snot out of our quarterback. And it doesn't matter at this point, even if he handed the ball off, it's the Cheeto. In this case, it's Fuente's Cheeto. It's his hubris at this point. His Cheeto isn't working. His Cheeto's soggy. It doesn't work. It can't. It's not physically possible for it to work because he doesn't have Paxton Lynch. Now, we brought up Paxton Lynch, and I got to laugh because we know how wonderfully successful Paxton Lynch was in the NFL. And what was the beef about Paxton Lynch in the NFL? He couldn't read a defense. He had not a clue as to how to break down film. He was absolutely lost when it came to any sort of even low-level pro stuff. So how long did he play at Memphis? Three, four years he started? I mean, he was... Four years, but it might have just been like a month based on his level of intelligence reading a defense. Yeah, that just goes back to player development, right? Like Fuentes branded this program as to be a player development program because the recruits aren't great. Obviously, seventy fourth in the country, I think twenty twenty one. 
So if you're recruiting poorly, that means you have to develop players. But if you can't develop players, then your product on the field just looks like ludicrous crap. That's a player development problem. Like Quincy Patterson's been here for three years now. What has he done? Throw wide receiver screen to the ground? Well, I think Quincy's going to be an engineer, to put it bluntly. It is that we get these quarterbacks who are touted, especially Quincy, an Elite 11 guy, and we can't develop these guys. And Fuente, we understand Cornelson's limitations. Fuente got hired because he is allegedly an offensive genius, and we can't develop these guys. And we've seen some special things from Hooker, but I think it's more of Hooker doing things with just his ability. Brian, every play that Hooker made yesterday, every big play, the big deep ball, the other passes, a lot of them were broken play sandlot stuff that he got lucky enough to find somebody downfield or in a scene that we have a couple of really good players. We do. Mitchell, who I'm surprised Mitchell was as good as he was yesterday, and his effort was wasted. There was so much wasted effort. The defense, even though you know it finally melted down by the end of the game, it spent so much time on the field, it just finally melted down. The defense was not horrible for most of the first half and into the third quarter, and then it just... But you can't say that because they got two red zone stops early when Pitt literally just walked down the field on them, and Kenny Pickett makes anywhere accurate throws on third down on those drives. It's 14 nothing early instead of 6 nothing. and what are we looking at the final score then? 55? It was not pretty. I'm not talking about the overall effort as far as scoring because, yeah, they were walking down the field. I'm talking about the physical effort, and that's where scheme comes in. I'm not sure that the scheme is working at all, that we know what Pickett was going to do. We know what Pitt was going to do. Why weren't you prepared to come up and man up? And and then nobody could tackle. That's what was killing me is seven. What, what was his name? Turner? Oddly enough, DJ Turner. Nobody could stop him. He was his own little tank. Or actually big. He's a big kid. I think the tackling thing is huge. One of the other Fuente post-game comments, which actually didn't infuriate me, was um, eventually you got to cover and tackle. And obviously the defense didn't have a good day, but the offense definitely had a good day, so it rubbed some people the wrong way. But I've heard football comes down to either coverage and tackling or blocking and tackling, but still tackling is it's the game, right? you yeah. got to tackle, and you can't tackle. you got to wrap the guy up. Team. You know, and if he's a big guy and he's hard to knock down and everything else, then you got to wrap him up around the knees and leg. I mean, there's always those techniques that you're taught way back in middle school and way back in high school on how to take a big guy down. And, and none of it was there. It was hit him. It's shoulder shot. Well, that doesn't stop a guy like that. So, Brian, you've been quiet. I know because, you, you know, the last minutes of this is where this goes. Jahar, you're the finance guy. You understand finance inside out, upside down, and sideways. The finances aren't there to fire Fuente. It just doesn't exist. The but school are it, you on board with getting rid of Fuente as soon as possible, though? I don't know if he's ever going to work out. I'm sad to say because I really, really a Fuente fan. I'm not sure that he has the flexibility of attitude to do what Frank Beamer did after the two and eight season and sit down and say, wow, I really have to change things. I don't think Fuente's got that in it. The time has come and gone for him to make changes. We're in year five now. There was a time about 2018 when he, when he should have made changes. It looks and seen some of the things weren't working, and, and all we got was turkey bacon. So a new offensive coordinator is not going to fix things. So that's just my take on it. I think it's a whole new regime would fix things. It's, well, and my point is, is that actually it won't. And the reason why it won't is because there's no money to make a big change. The only reason why it would is, is if we caught lightning in a bottle again. 
So do you just want to wait another year to can Fuente? So all 2022 recruits will just drop then instead of right now where we could get started on that class. Like what's worth more at this point, like your time or your money. And I think at this point, there's no money. Fan base would say there, there is no money. There is none. There is if zero. We, if we wait another year. Oh, there's no time either. Doesn't matter. Promising class in the state of Virginia recruiting wise. It's a good class. If we wait another year, we're not going to get any of those guys. What we're going to see on the field, the results of our last couple of recruiting classes, it's going to start showing on the field in the next year or two, and it's not yeah, going to be. Oh, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you we, there's no recruiting. There's no recruiting right now. Well, okay. just, we don't know. None of us have the magic ball to say Puente is going to be gone in the offseason. None of us know what's going to happen in the inside there. When people get pushed to the max, they'll find ways to make things happen. However, when, if, eventually does happen, then the next coach who comes in here needs to be a recruiter first and he needs to hire a strong staff. I'm not going to name any names because it's too premature right now, but they can get better players here. It's They can, but are they going to live on five stars? Absolutely not. For whatever reason, recruiting shut down. The director moved on. I forget where he went. It hasn't recovered since. In Beamer's final years, recruiting suffered because Coach Beamer wasn't on the oh, road. Yeah. And, and, and these other schools were using it against the Hokies because he was older and he wasn't going to be around. Understandable. When Fuente took over in 2016, we didn't really get that new coach bump that a lot of teams get there in the first couple of years. Now, some of Fuente's classes in the middle there, 17, 18, 19, were solid classes, but they weren't any better than what Beamer had done. It was along the same lines as what Beamer had done. And then the last two have just fallen off the cliff. Yeah, I can't argue with you. It's There's just no arguing with it. The problem that we're running into is there's nothing there to recruit with. And then, and then right. what and is recruiting? Making $4 million a year. Yeah, well, who cares? I mean, that's... I that's mean, the, we all should care. Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't matter in the grander scheme of things. What does matter is, is that there's enough money to dribble into him, but there's not enough money to replace him and I mean, get rid of all of his people and then pull in new people. They don't have that funding. So how that fixes, it doesn't well, measure everything, up. Everything's hypothetical. I mean, whether it's this year, next year, or two years, Look, he's not going to be here, whether it's his own doing or, or wet back pushed into a corner. Eventually, something's going to break. Eventually, somewhere, there's going to be enough loss of zeros in that buyout clause in his contract as it approaches the end. I'm mistaken. So, that buyout number changes in, in mid-December. It goes from 12 and a half to 10 million, which which is right after the UVA game, which that's two and a half million. That's a big deal. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, and that's what I'm saying is, is that we might have to wait until it gets down to the point where somebody else can hire him away. And I think that's where we got to hope. And that's that's all. I'm going to leave it with everybody because you heard it from me. You heard it from everybody else. He's got a wonderful beautiful family and i don't wish anybody ill but yeah, justin yeah. fuente isn't making it i agree with you john I, I don't think fuente's a bad human being and all. i think he's a probably a good human being he's a, definitely appears to be a good husband dad and all that and i'm not going to knock him for that i would never call him personal names or anything but he's not cutting it here he's terrible for this for the school he's terrible for it it's not working out for him it's not working out for the school it's not working out for any it's not working out for anybody jahar Catherine is going to kill us trying to edit this thing. I'll leave you with the last skinny, and then we're going to sign off. I think most of us have moved on, not to 2021, but to 2024, because it looks like this program is going to be in a rut, whether Fuente is can this year, next year, or whatever. But I look forward to doing this next year on Saturday, September 11th, when we play Middle Tennessee State and lose to them. And we play Clemson in two weeks, by the way, too. I don't know if you guys remember that. It'll be a fun loss. 
I'm hoping for a COVID cancellation myself. But we're going to be here. And Jahar, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Anytime you're welcome back. We'll have maybe some more conversations about football theory. I love talking football theory. So if everybody out there in Hokie Nation, you know, kind of grit your teeth, this is going to be a tough couple of years. And it might be a tough longer couple of years. It might be a tough few years. So if everybody will just hang in there and have faith, something something's going to break somewhere. So as always, go Hokies. Go Hokies. Yeah, Hokies. Hokies.